0: Welcome to the Adoption Connection Podcast, where we offer resources to equip you and stories to inspire you on your adoption journey. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it and we're here for you. Each month we host a workshop where we invite a guest expert to share their knowledge and expertise. This week we're bringing you a recording from a recent workshop. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everyone, to our workshop, Using the TBRI Nurture Group as a Family. Our instructor today is Tristan McGee, and I'm going to share a little introduction about her with you. Tristan is a certified trust-based relational intervention practitioner, an adoptive mom, a foster adoptive parent trainer, as well as a trauma-wise parent coach. She has extensive experience working with vulnerable families to find a path of hope and healing. Her passion for helping families and advocating for children with early childhood trauma backgrounds has led to her current enrollment in a graduate program to receive her Master of Education in Trauma and Neuroscience. So, welcome, Tristan.
1: Hi, Lisa. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited about today. Nurture is like one of my favorite things to talk about. So <laughs> I'm glad to be doing this. And I just want you all to know that I, I, so I have an adopted 15-year-old son, as well as biological, and I only differentiate because of the group that we're in. I don't normally normally differentiate like that. But I just want you to know, like, I'm in the thick of it, just like maybe some of you are. It's been a rough journey and 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 literally this morning was a rough morning. So I'm a little bit fragile, I'm a little bit dysregulated, but I'm showing up and I'm here for you guys and I'm going to give you bring my best. So we're in this together. I'm going to talk to you about family nurture groups. I didn't come up with this idea on my own. It's part of the TBRI kind of framework. So I've been a practitioner since 2010. And then my husband and I adopted in 2011, a a four-and-a-half-year-old internationally. And TBRI just gave me a way to relate to my child that was different than the way that I was raised. And so it's been a lifesaver for me and for our family it's no magic bullet, if you know, if you're familiar with TBRI, but it gives us like a mindset and a lifestyle that's respectful of, like for me, for my son's trauma history. So I took the practitioner training again in 2018 with a group of people locally to to, to help just kind of like our community. And that's when I really started to teach and train others on this paradigm Um, So before we talk about nurture groups, I just want to do a quick overview of TBRI so that we understand the context of where this idea comes from and like how it fits in with that whole bigger picture of the TBRI framework. So it might be a review for for most of you, but we're just going to kind of go through it real, real quickly. And some of you might be like, what is TBRI? <laughs> we sometimes we're all over. So basically, TBRI it, it stands for. It's the short version of Trust Based Relational Intervention, and it's exactly what it says it is. It's trust based and it's relational because we know that kids who are harmed in relationship, they're going to be healed through relationship. That's like a big key thing that I love to 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 kind of say and emphasize. So it's based in relationship. It came from the Karen Purvis Institute of Child Development. That's a program out of Texas Christian University, part of their Department of Psychology. And it's designed to empower people with trauma-informed strategies that help improve the outcome of children. It started initially with adoptive kiddos and is just kind of blossomed and it, it, in judicial systems. It's It can be applied. It's a framework that can be applied anywhere. But what's important to know about it for us today is that it's holistic. So that's why we have nurture groups. It's holistic. So it beats the, meets the body, mind, soul of, of a child. And it's evidence-based. So it means that there's research, peer-reviewed research behind the methodologies. And it's been practiced now for over a decade. And it's attachment-focused. So that's what I was talking about, children harmed in relationships. They're going to be healed in relationship because so so we talk a lot about in attachment and that's kind of the foundational component of TBRI and it's also trauma informed so it's respectful and understanding of how trauma changes a person so that's kind of the basic overview if you remember there's three main principles connecting principles that's designed to meet the relational needs and build that trust. Empowering principles, they are designed to meet the physical needs of the child and provide felt safety. And then correcting principles, those are designed to help meet those behavioral needs. And in this little diagram, you see connecting in the center, because like I said, connecting is the heart of what we do with TBRI. And so even the empowering and connecting principles are done through that lens of connecting. All right, that's my little blurb about <laughs> the overview. So what is like a TBRI family nurture group? And it was inspired, nurture groups um, they come from the TBRI framework, right? And it's inspired by Theraplay. And basically what it is is a way that we can practice these new or emerging skills in a fun, playful way with our kiddos. And so a key component of TBRI is implementing these things, right? The proactive strategies. So we, we, we learn and kids learn through practice. And so the nurture group gives us a way that we can practice these with our kids in kind of that safe, fun fun way. We know that play is the language of kiddos. So that's the way that they learn. That's the way that they love. And in TBRI, we talk about balancing structure and nurture. So we place a high value on high structure and high nurture. And nurture group gives us a way to have that balance and have purposeful play. So there's a time for just child-led play and letting them kind of lead the way. Do they need any other adjustments? I think someone might need to mute. <laughs> and and this, this is purposeful play. So we do want to l- play with our kiddos and let them lead the way. And um, we don't really have an agenda, but in nurture groups, we do. We have an agenda and we're playing on purpose and we're, because we know that play is the way that kiddos learn, like that's the structure. And it's also the way that they, they they feel loved, right, is through that play. So we're balancing that structure and nurture in that way as well. So nurture group, it's a time when we focus on that fun and then practicing these new sets of skills. And the goal is to teach four skills for meaningful relationships. So that's kind of the overarching goal that you're going to see kind of come out of of these different aspects of nurture group. And those four goals are the four essential relationship skills. So these skills came from Jude Cassidy and they're the four skills of meaningful relationships. That are essential for us to model and to also teach and practice. Because if our kiddos are coming from a trauma background, right? and, and, And now they're in our care, they didn't learn these foundational components of what it means to be in a safe, loving relationship. So we're gonna break those down, and now we're gonna teach and model and practice them so that they can become something that they that they now know how to do. So the first one is giving care. So that requires me, them, right? Us to be emotionally present when we give care, receiving care. So children sometimes have can have a hard time receiving that care. Even us as adults, right? We can have a hard time asking for help, but that oftentimes because adults haven't been there in the past for them. So that can be hard for them to receive care through people, right? That's kind of the key thing is, is we're getting that comfort from another person, another human being, and then the autonomous self. So that just kind of is that self-efficacy part. Like I have my own likes and dislikes and, and, and I can be different and that's okay. And then negotiating needs, right. Learning to use our words, learning to ask for choices, learning to ask for compromises, learning to ask for comfort and in nurture group, there's six parts. And each of these parts has these four overarching goals of teaching these attributes of basically what is a securely attached person. So the six parts of a nurture group, each nurture group, I like to call them a family nurture group. They just call them nurture groups because they can be implemented anywhere in any kind of a a setting. What you and I are going to do and talk about is how do we do this as a family? And so these are the six parts of a nurture group. And I'm going to go through with you each one of these. And in the handout that I dropped into the chat, it has the details of this. So this is a part where you don't need to necessarily memorize. It's all given to you. So the first part, well, one caveat, one, one thing I do want to say is You can do this family nurture group, all six parts of these in one setting. So you can decide like, hey, let's have a family fun night. I just learned about this cool thing on this call today about nurture groups and and we can have a family fun night. And you do all of these together on like a Sunday night or Friday night or whatever. Or as I go through these things, you can deconstruct it. Like there's no rules here, right? You can just say, Hey, we're going to take this aspect and do it at, at this time without the whole component. Cause you know, your family and your kids best, it could be too hard to go through all these with your kid. And maybe for you, it's just taking each of these parts and doing it e- at different times during the week rather than all at once. So I'm just gonna tell you how it works doing it all at once. And I am will try to throw in little tips of how you can use it outside of doing that all at once. And you can even do it you know, with other families as well. Like maybe it, it, in some kind of support group setting, you can do it and you can all do it together as well. And that way, The kids see each other modeling it, each family modeling it. That's some of the fun ways that I've done it. It was with groups of families as well. All right. So the six parts, I'm just going to read it out loud for those who don't have a screen to see is the rules, check-in, band-aids, activity, feeding, and then a closing ritual. So I'm going to just start with rules. So this is, this is the first part, right? And no one likes rules, <laughs> but rules are part of life. So we're going to start with rules. And these rules, they're taken from TBRI, has taken them from TheraPlay. So we use them in our TBRI nurture groups. Like I said, we do this with groups of families as well as in our own home. And we also have done it in parts of TBRI camps that we that I'm part of. But I love these because not only are these three rules that I'm going to give you, you can feel free to make up your own rules, but the three I'm going to give you, they're great family rules. The reason I like them so much is they're great rules for life. So they transfer into life and they're things, they can become mottos, you know, that you can, your child can then kind of memorize and, and fall back on as they, we use them like over and over. So for example, so the three rules are stick together, no hurts, and have fun. So stick together, usually we do a, a hand gesture with that. So you can make that up in your family. Like a good simple one would just be kind of putting your fingers together, back and forth, stick together. So you would say that together, stick together. And that means that we stick together in the group. And participation and paying attention. And when someone else is talking, we're sticking with them, like we're listening to them. But you can also use that rule outside of home, right? So if you're practicing it, like we stick together when we, when we go through Target or something like that. And then no hurts. That's the second rule, right? No physical hurts, no emotional hurts. So no hurts with actions, no hurts with words. And, and, a, and a hand gesture for that, you can just kind of shake your hands side to side, like no hurts. And then have fun, right? That's a good rule, right? Some rules are are are, are for fun too, for our safety. And so we can say, ha- have fun and we can do jazz hands. <laughs> so when we stick together and we don't hurt each other, we're going to have fun. So that's... Um, Those are the rules. And like I said, you can repeat those out in life. If you're going to go on an outing, you know, somewhere you can say, Hey, member, what are our family rules? We, we stick together. There's no hurts and we have fun. All right. Next we have check-in. So the purpose of check-in is we're learning to use our voice and that our voice matters. What we say matters. So that self-efficacy aspect of it, right? Some kids, we need to draw things out of them. Other kids are are more extroverted and they'll gladly share and, and talk a lot about this stuff. And so the idea is, is this is kind of more like a, can be an icebreaker type thing to, to get things going. But as time goes on, as you do family nurture groups, the questions can start off kind of superficial. Like you can have, what's your favorite jelly bean color and why? Or if you could be any superhero, who would it be and why? To more deeper level things, like just like what was a high and low of, of today, or when was the last time you know you were sad? You can you can start to develop a little bit more deeper conversation happening at the check in, but just keep it kind of superficial at at first. And one aspect of this is you want to introduce a talking stick, or a lot of times in TBRI they call it a magic feather. So they just have like a colored feather. You can create a magic stick maybe as your first activity as a family. It could be anything if they have a magic wand, um, they have a glitter stick, anything. And the idea is whoever's holding that, that's the person that gets to talk. And then when they're done, they'll pass it to the next person. And that just helps clarify that conversation, helps stick together. And we learn to take turns vocally as well. So that's check-in. Band-Aids, so we're at our third thing. And Band-Aids is giving and receiving care and helping kids, yeah, just practice doing that. So what you're going to do, and it practice self-autonomy as well, because what you're going to do is have a variety of band-aids. So you're going to plan this ahead of time. You're going to go to Walmart or or Target or wherever, buy a variety of cheap band-aids with different fun things on them, including some that are just plain, right? Um, And then you're going to put them in a basket for the kiddo. And so you're going to pair up with your kiddo and you're going to introduce this idea. So It's, it's, it's best if you can get one-on-one with one of your kids, but if you have a lot of kiddos, um, it's okay. Just make sure each kid has a turn with the parent. So you're going to ask your kiddo if they have a hurt and is it an inside or an outside hurt? And you might have to explain that to them, right? An outside hurt is like just an ouchie or a cut or something like that. And an inside hurt is when, when somebody maybe uses some words that hurt our feelings and makes us feel sad or, or, or mad or whatever. So you're going to ask, do you have a hurt an inside or an outside hurt? Listen to their response, right? I'm sorry, you have a hurt. Would you like a band-aid? And then you offer them up the band-aids. They can pick out any kind of band-aid they want. That's them, you know, negotiating their needs their own self autonomy. And then you say, can I put this bandaid on you? And where, where would you like me to put it? So sometimes they want that you can suggest like, you know, maybe you want it over your heart because your heart hurts, or maybe you have a headache or, you know, you have a true boo-boo. Maybe they don't want you to put it on them at all. And that's okay. There's no wrong answers here. Maybe they want to put it on themselves. Maybe they don't like the way band-aids feel. They want to put it on the top of their clothes. It's all okay, right? We're just practicing negotiating that giving and receiving care. And then you're going to reverse the role and they're going to do it to you. So they get a practice giving that care as well. So that's Band-Aids. And then the key component is the skills practice. So this is where you're going to teach a kid a new skill. That could be using the scripts from TBRI. It could be practicing dysregulation and regulation skills. So where they get to practice calming skills, Um, you can maybe talk about emotions, teach them, you know, maybe there's a feeling chart that you have, any kind of new skill that you want to teach them. And you do that in a fun, playful way. I have some suggestions in the handout I gave you, and we can go over that more in the Q&A as well. And then feeding. So feeding is... Is similar to Band-Aids, right? It's giving and receiving care. It's having fun in doing that. So we're going to feed each other. Again, pairing up one-on-one. And you basically have some fun food, maybe a toothpick with like little gummy bears at the end of it or something like that and having a variety. So this is something, again, you're preparing in advance. And then you ask your child may I please feed you? And you wait for their response. Again, it could be yes or no, right? Maybe they want to feed themselves. And you can say, what color gummy bear would you like? And let them pick. They get that say, and then you feed them. And then you switch roles. So it's pretty simple, right? But while you're doing it, you want to make sure that you're looking into their eyes. You have that soft voice. So you're really using that connection. If that's too intimate for them, which it, it We've experienced that. You can even use popcorn and just doing it, like throwing it in each other's mouths. That's a lot less intimate and a lot less vulnerable and scary. And you can work into, you know, the more intimate feeding. And then lastly, the closing ritual. So a ritual is different than a routine in that it's there's just simply a, a personal component. Right. When you have a, a routine, it's like, this is what I do. And when I do the ritual is just adding that personal aspect to it. So we're going to close with a ritual and you get to make that up with your family. So maybe you end by saying like um, families are safe. And you all put your hands in and, you know, and you say super families or you do a high five or a, a group hug, like everyone huddles in and like smushes together. And and you can say, like, we're better together or something like that. You get to make that up. But that's the ritual and the way that you end things every time. And that ritual can be then used outside of that moment. And maybe during drop-off or, or maybe you just had a rupture and now it's a repair. You can use that then again to remind you that like, Hey, we're, we're, we're a family and we're sticking together. So, and then I just want to kind of wrap it up by saying, and then notice and praise. So when you see your kiddo or kiddos doing these new aspects you want to make sure that you as a parent are really noticing and praising that. In TBRI, they call it marking the behavior, right? Because there's something in the brain when you, when someone tells you something that feels good, you like inside your brain goes, "Ooh, I like that. I'm, I'm more likely to do that again now because I like the way it felt when someone gave me that verbal praise and made me feel good. And so, yeah, you can just say something like that was Great how you asked, I have on the screen, how you asked for a compromise, because maybe in the activity you taught about compromise and you role played that with some stuffed animals or acted it out or whatever your family's into. And so you can say, wow, that was a good job asking for a compromise. And you just high five. So just a quick like, I see you. And that was amazing. A few tips. This is my last kind of slide is just to make sure things are more successful if you're going to do it all at once as like kind of a family fun night, is that one, make sure you um, that you have everything ahead of time, right? That's number one, get everything together. And then before you start, get them excited. Like tell them that, hey, I was on this call today and I heard this really f- fun way that we can do a family fun night. And you guys are going to love it and and you can get them excited about it. We're going to have some fun food. We get to play with band-aids. We're going to do like a craft if that's what you want to do in your activity. Like if it's related to, you know, some skill you're trying to teach them. So you get them them excited about it before you actually do it and focus on that fun stuff. Whatever is fun to them, I suggest during that activity, focus on in the beginning, like the way they like to have fun. So if they like to do role playing. If they like to do crafts, whatever that is. And then just making sure lastly that everybody's content before you start. So we know <laughs> that like their blood sugars can affect their mood. If they haven't exercised, that's going to affect their mood. So just making, you're setting them up for success. So you've had snacks or been fed, you've, had water or you have it, they've gotten some movement around that kind of a thing. So you're just being mindful of, of some of those things. It may seem obvious, but sometimes, you know, we, we can overlook that when we're, we're trying new things for ourselves. So just a few tips for you for making sure things are successful.
0: Thank you, Tristan. That was like this run through nurture groups, but it was so, so good. I I just enjoyed it so much. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast, we will have a link to the handout that Tristan shared with us that contains really all of this information, and it will be in the show notes for this episode. So if you would like to get that handout, that is available to you. Tristan, where can people find you or find resources that might be helpful?
1: Well, where you can find TBRI is, you know, with through the Karen Purvis Institute of Child Development. They also have a podcast. They have a a, a book, The Connected Parent. <laughs> Lisa's <laughs> book is an amazing one. On if you want to learn more about TBRI and and, and and nurture groups, I suggest trying to find a, a TBRI for caregiver training that will really impact um, some of these aspects. And then you can find me, I've been using com, also safepreciousherd.com. They all go to the same place. And that's where you can find me on Instagram as well. And you can email me, you know, through either of those avenues. Um, but like I said, I'm in the thick of it. And so I'm not the most active on these things. You know, I train locally. That's kind of my main Sweet spot is I provide TBRI training locally, but I'm happy to do it for groups that get together or just even answer questions and interact one on one. Thank you so much,
0: Tristan. We are so thankful for the amazing guests who share their wisdom and expertise with us. Adoptive parenting gives us both the challenge and the opportunity to keep learning new tools and perspectives. If you'd like to hear more from our guest and get support on this topic, all of our workshops, including the Q and A's are available to folks inside our group coaching program called Reclaim Compassion. To learn more, go to reclaimcompassion.com. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. Our new Instagram handle is at post adoption resources. Or better yet, join our free Facebook community at theadoptionconnection.com slash Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. And remember, you're a good parent doing good work.
1: The music for the podcast is called New Day and was created by Lee Rosevier.